No, it'll be off the record. You're recording. <laughs> <laughs> Dakota's the only thing- kind of in and out of service, it seems. I don't know if I'm like the only one seeing that. I'm doing the best I can, boys. <laughs> what do you want? I was at Starbucks, and then we... Dude, Starbucks would have already closed. So, you know, you, 8 o'clock at night, I'm not ripping into a coffee shop. Ride the Wi-Fi wave. Yeah, we can't blame you. We're asking a lot of your your poor, poor iPhone right now. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let me read off this intro so we can start talking about bikes. What's going on, everyone? This is Jason Schroeder, and you're listening to Vital MTB's Be Practice podcast. It is the Tuesday following the first downhill World Cup of 2022 from Lourdes, France. We're joined today by Austin Hackett Club, Tanner Stevens, Dakota Norton, and we are going to discuss all the madness that took place over the weekend. Uh, last year, we tried to do these podcasts and didn't quite do them as consistently as I think we all wanted to. So the hope this year is to do a post-race show after every World Cup and kind of cover everything that goes on. And then ideally, we'll have Dakota joining us so that he can give us uh, his front line between the tape perspective. So how uh, how's everyone doing? Doing all right. Good. Proud of our boy, Derek. Derek. Oh, boy. <laughs> Joe, I just got back from, like, war. I mean, it definitely looked like a little bit of war. Um, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we can start where wherever we want. I had made notes here that we can uh, talk about just like preseason stuff and kind of where where like me, Austin, and Tanner, or like who we were looking at, kind of come into season. But I mean, Dakota, if you want to start with new team, how your off season went, how the bike's going, and you know, if you want to take us through your weekend, you can. I'm always down to hear how the boys yeah. are doing. Yeah. So um, last year, uh, obviously. It was a um, a little bit of a last minute um, change for me once again, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, kind of the uh, as many people know the the mob shut down and that kind of happened pretty late. So um, we moved to uh, try to find a new ride. It was a little bit of a scramble. Um, you know, I had some luckily I did have some options, which was super cool. Um, but yeah, made, made the choice to go ride for intent kind of knew going into it. It was going to be, uh, a bit of a works program. So we were going to kind of be developing a bike as the season went on. And, um, I knew that we were going to get the bike pretty late. Um, so I kind of knew what I was up for going, going into it. And I kind of feel that I can adapt to bikes pretty quick and, and I can usually go pretty fast on on a new platform as I've done the last few years. I mean, it seems like every year I've been on a new bike. So, um, yeah, we had got the bike two weeks before the first race, which for me was a little, little later than I would have liked, obviously. But, um, we got a couple days on it at, uh, Windrock. I think we rode it three days and then we went to, uh, Portugal and rode, um, three days and then we were at the world cup. So, um, not, not definitely, <laughs> Definitely not what I would have liked with the uh, the queue at the race. We didn't really get to get a lot of runs like I had hoped for. And then, yeah, but ended up making the most out of it and having a pretty good weekend. Was it was it like that in previous years at Lords with the lift line? Yeah, it what was all happen? it was always pretty slow. But this year with the um, the mixed practice, we we ended up waiting almost two hours to get on the track for the first 
the first line through, which um, was pretty crazy. And then we were getting like one run an hour, which that Jeez. was like going off the track and straight back off the track into the queue, not going to your pit or anything. Um, so like all the mechanics had to come up and do all of any of the bike changes in line and, and stuff like that. So it definitely was probably hard for dudes that um, didn't have support at the race. I mean, I know some dudes like were getting two runs before on, on the first day. Um, it's kind of, kind of wild to think. How many runs did you get before you had to qualify? Luckily I had time training. Um, so I did, um, I got five the first day and three the second day. So eight runs before qualifying, which I was lucky. I mean, I was there. I was the first dude in line. Um, my mechanic had my bike in the line first thing in the morning. So I was lucky to get three, but most dudes only got two on, uh, on qualifying morning. Jeez. Who's wrenching for you? James McAllister. So, uh, uh-huh. That's the dude I started um, all this with. He he supported me racing my first season and uh, traveled around with me. And he, uh, yeah, he's the only reason I ride downhill bikes now. So it was kind of always like a the dream to like take this take this kid out of Michigan that nobody knew, go beat some of the fastest dudes in mountain biking, and then he would be able to quit his job that um and come wrench for me and we actually literally made it happen which is pretty wild to think of that's pretty sick he's a good dude too. yeah james yeah, is man. super cool yeah he's he's super awesome so to to i think at some point in time you know i've done this enough in years now but like having somebody in my corner that i i truly trust and also just having like my best friend there with me is pretty dang cool. I mean, he, he's, uh, if you're, you're traveling around, you want to be with someone you enjoy spending time with. And, and so it's super cool for me. Hell yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, I do. It was cool. I remember, I remember like your early years, you always talking about that guy. I think I only met him a handful of times, but cool full circle. Um, yeah, 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 that's sick. Um, um, Go for can, it. I, can I ask how everything went down with the YT mob? If you can talk about it, even of like what the process was, where the team shut down, and then what options you had, and the decision making going into riding the intense. Um. Yeah. So it was kind of like at, at at the last race, there had been some rumors that um the team may be shutting, and uh, we were pretty in the dark to it. Um. Luckily, I was fortunate enough to kind of have like a bit of insight on um on what was going on, like through you know the industry and stuff. And and some people were like, "Hey, man, like you know, kind of look around just in case." You know, there are like rumors and such. And uh, the T, the mob didn't, the YT didn't really want to release that the team was shutting until like September. Uh, no, it was later, like real late. So like I couldn't really talk about the fact that I was looking for a ride, um, which was pretty tough to kind of because to to a degree you have to spread the news that you're looking for a ride, right? But at the same time you have to do it in a, I look not like I could have put out a public like, yeah, thank you for thank you for the support and so on. So, um, yeah, just kind of talk to like my close sponsors, you know, people that I had been um, 
you know, had relationships with in the past and, and like that. And word kind of got around that I was looking for a ride. And, and also, you know, my manager reached out as well. I work with Martin Whiteley and he, you know, he reached out to some team managers and, and informed them that I was looking for something. But with that being said, it was, you know, the end of the season already. And I really look at it. As I am starting to grow myself into a position where I'm kind of one of the top guys and I'm not just looking for, you know, a frame and, and, uh, you know, some travel budget anymore. So if you want to continue to grow and compete at the front of the pack, you know, obviously it takes resources to do that. So there's only a certain amount of spots on the world cup circuit that where you, you know, can get a paycheck and, and have your whole life so that you can, you know, have the luxuries we have as downhill racers, you know, so not have to work a day job and things like that. So, uh, you know, that goes without saying, right. So there's only a limited amount of seats and a lot of those seats are just, are, you know, those big riders change in the middle of the season and are pretty much locked up by the end of the year, if they're going to change. So, uh, when I just, you know, got in touch with the, the boys over at intense and I had a couple other options as well. And we narrowed it down and I, I really felt that, um, if there was a train I wanted to be on, it's, it's Aaron going back to the top. The dude has a ton of, you know, a ton of knowledge and a ton of experience. And I, I thought it would be great to learn from him and, and also to ride for an American team for the first time was pretty important to me as well. Um, and I knew they really, from what I understood, they wanted to make the best bike possible. And that was their, their number one thing is to just make the best race bike they could. And, and, that's what I wanted to be on. If I could just have the best equipment, that's, that's good with me. So yeah, that was the big thing. Just having an environment I was happy with and then having good equipment to be able to compete. I mean, I remember you and I were talking about it and like, it kind of has like this every time you look for a new team vibe that you're having to like resell yourself for some reason. (laughs) It's like people forget your past years of results. And then you're like, Hey, I'm still here. Like here I am. It's a interesting phenomenon yeah, yeah. for sure. It's pretty honestly. It, it kind of is just a bummer because it's like I can't settle in anywhere. It's just like a a new change. It takes like a full World Cup season to develop a bike. I really feel, and that's why you see some of these dudes. You know, testing. They're just flying around to put the bike on different tracks. You know, you can't just set the bike up for one track. You have to have a base setting that works you know, here, there, and everywhere, really. And it's not like you can go and ride a World Cup racetrack for the most part, because unless you have those riders there in that circumstance, the track won't develop like that. So it takes developing at the bike, at developing the bike at the races to develop a race bike. And if you don't, you only do seven races a year, eight races a year, you, I mean, you can't, it takes the whole year to get the bike where you're truly happy and you have it in a good place. And, and then you change again. And it's like, man, it's, it's a really frustrating thing. (laughs) No, totally. Yeah. I I can, I can imagine. Um, Well, going into uh, take that into like the Lord's track, let's talk about that and like maybe touch on your bike setup when you showed up and kind of what you had to change and adjust. I mean, the track from, just watching the broadcast looked like it had like, it was really varying as you went down the top had some super big holes. It was hard packed and kind of slick. And then it was like almost kind of like loose and dusty, like in the woods at the bottom. And then maybe even like greasy in that kind of bobsleddy 
section towards the bottom. Um, yeah, what did how the track change throughout the weekend, and what was like your bike setup with all that? Yeah, I mean, you guys can relate because you've been there, right? So um, you kind of mm-hmm. have an idea of what what the dirt's like. Um, if all you guys listening at home have never, you know, you've always obviously never put your tires on that place, that track. So uh, the the rock there is like it's got to be the slipperiest. I mean, if it gets wet, it's it's like ice. You the rocks are <laughs> so hard to ride across. It's like so. granite or granite countertops. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's super slippery. And with that being said, the dirt at the bottom isn't like it's much better. So you see like the wide open sections where where uh, Charlie crashed. Um, those in all the mornings were still even at the start of our practice were really slippery and uh, they didn't really get good till time training. So you were kind of hesitant every time you hit them. And it's like, maybe, maybe it's like that. I don't know. Like the, it's like, it's, um, it's really like rough. So, but it's slippery. So your tire doesn't get much contact and you just slide Mm -hmm. across the stuff and the whole kind of bobsled section at the bottom is super slippery as well. Um, so it's, it was a tough track to, to get up to speed on because when we would first get on it, even like the first day, the first few runs, the track was still pretty slippery in the whole bottom section. So it was hard to find confidence. Um, so re- really, I've, I was trying to set, like not really set the bike up, but just to get comfortable on the dirt. I wasn't really focused on the bike until I got up to speed in time training and then realized, whoa, like this thing's way too soft. Um, and we had some work to do in that department. But yeah, it's just... It was for the race runs, it was, you know, dry and you had a ton of traction, but um, that's what's so impressive about Jackson Goldstone's run. He raced in the morning when the track was slippery. I mean, the track would have rolled at least a second faster just being dry um, like it was for the pro men. It's just like the rolling resistance, let alone the traction that the kid had. He, he had to have been at a disadvantage um, with in the bottom section for sure um, in the top rock garden. So uh for me you know the a world cup racetrack just develops um such you know big holes and and uh it gets ran in like so so rough we don't normally get that if you think about your normal hill most people just like skid and slide down it and make a trench so the only time you get to like hit these holes is is in these conditions when you have like top dudes charging and they're like actually you know their rear wheels coming off the ground and and they're compressing into the corners and and blowing them apart so um i got to ride lauza which was nice but even that place had gotten rode by so many people and and granted there was top guys testing there but it seemed like the holes were just like whoops they weren't like like rough like they are on race day so um i didn't have a lot of confidence like drop like the waterfall section that you see everybody jumping down like the in qualifying i was like way off at sector one just because i didn't have the confidence to send it in some of those sections because i didn't know what the bike was going to do it it was just soft i didn't want to bottom out and get tossed and and at the same time i didn't want to completely reinvent the wheel on my whole setup um that i had been riding for the last few weeks so I just kind of stiffened the front end up a little bit. I think I went up like two or three PSI in my fork and uh, made some rebound changes. And, and uh, I, I 
had my high speed rebound way too fast in the rear, which was fine on the flatter track like Lauza for holding it up in the holes. But it, when you get on a World Cup track with these big holes and steps and it's real steep, the high speed rebound a lot of the time feels like it's pushing you over the front and the rear wheels coming off contact with the ground. So when it's steep and you, you just can't slow down because the rear wheel's not on the ground because it's returning so quick. Um, so I stiffened the front of the bike up to put weight onto the rear and then slowed the rebound down to make it sit a bit deeper in the rear, keep more contact with the ground so I could slow down really. And then not feel like I was getting pitched over the bars. I, um, I raised my bars five mil just to kind of put my whole rider bias farther back on the bike. And, uh, you can only go so far with that without, you know, sacrificing front wheel grip. So with the slippery conditions, it was quite a challenge. How are the uh, the V tires? Is that what you're on? Yeah, dude. Um, you know, that was, a, that was one. Aaron Everybody wants to know. Like, <laughs> yeah, the people want to know, right? <laughs> Aaron <laughs> called me earlier in the season. He's like, man, I know you're going to like, this is going to be a bit of a shock to you. <laughs> but I, I rode these V tires and they're really good. Like they have a ton of grip. And I was like, I, I mean, going, I've rode, been fortunate enough to ride, you know, I think, most people, when they buy tires, it's Schwalbe or Maxxis. Those are kind of the two big, big tire manufacturers. And I've been fortunate to be on a Maxxis program for quite some time with each of my teams. So I was definitely a little bit leery. But man, I got on them, and those those snaps are like gripping machines, man. They're super good. I I was honestly blown away, and I've been super happy with them. Sick. Not mad. Yeah, dude, we were gripping. It was the, the tires were not the issue with traction at this event, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys want to touch on anything more at the track? Anything else that stood out to you too? Uh yeah. one one question I had was if I, I don't know, to me the the watching the feed, it looked like the top was way different than the bottom and like it was probably a little bit of sacrifice you had to make on bike setup for I don't know, finding a middle ground for that track. Is that accurate? I mean, yeah, if you want to have the perfect bike set up, it kind of seemed from watching the last 10 guys, like all those dudes just made their stuff incredibly stiff and tried to hold on to it, right? I mean, Loris's bike didn't look like it moved. Right. Um, well, and, and those bikes hung up at the top, it seemed a ton. Like I, some people's bikes seemed to hang up at the top and then they looked stable at the bottom. And then other way around kind of happened as well, I thought. I, it's yeah. kind of very much speculation on my end, but no, I mean that track. This, this that track has uh the the tops are real. You know, you have your like flat rock garden um that has like the gap, and you have to carry the speed, and then it's almost uphill for you know thirty seconds until the the waterfall, and then you're you know on another long flat that no one on the camera sees. So um, you what you're gonna want the bike to move across the ground quickly. And the thing is, like from watching Amari's run, he he did pedal, but you're you couldn't really pedal a ton up top because there was like you'd come out if you got too much speed, you overshoot the first bridge gap and then you'd land flat. And then it's like three doubles and a roller that like you can't really pedal. So you're like pumping and then trying to carry speed across this traverse. And then, you know, it, it got real rough at the bottom. So if you it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a sacrifice. I think a lot of those dudes that look like just sat their stuff up pretty stiff, um, stat, like dynamically, not a ton of sag other than like, I mean, his bike always seems to be much different than others, but they seem like they sat their bikes up to like pump pretty well and keep, you know, static geometry and then 
just <laughs> held on, man, um, down at the bottom. The bottom was all like in the gully section with small chatter too. So um, that was more about um, just keeping the bike sat up and then and then being able to turn it in all those slippery corners that didn't have a lot of support. So I guess where you did see the bike struggle was uh, just kind of in that middle section where after the last road gap where it's real chunky and steep, right? You know, when people, you'd see people double in and then double onto the, the road and then go over that rock, it seems like a lot of those dudes, their bikes nearly got away from them because you, you send it in there and then it almost like if you get going too fast to double out onto the road and then you just like jump out and slam it. But dude. Yeah, to go off that Benoit Collange, his run, like Dude. his his body, like his suspension wasn't doing anything, and it was full arm and leg suspension, and it was just packing, like his body was packing into his bike when he launched off Dude. the rock. I was like, he's got nothing left, like he's just going. Dude, some of those dudes, their stuff started to get away from them before they got onto the road, and I was going, oh. <laughs> Somebody's gonna just Dude, yeah. <laughs> that was that was actually one of the notes I made. Is I was like that section to that road crossing to rock, somebody could have died on. Like that was the scariest thing. Like watching the Raws, I was like, "Dude, I don't feel comfortable watching people having like have to race this." And you, oh, like, you like doubled in, and you wrote like the corner. You wrote the check. And and if you wrote, dude, that thing was not gonna cash before you got to the, some of those dudes. Like I don't know, they just like full went whoop section out onto the road, and I was like, brother, how are you still yeah. alive? I think one thing about the track that it seemed like is a lot of the backsides that you want to catch are real steep. Like yeah. in that first rock garden, there's like the the steps that are built for giants, like those like three rock drops basically yeah right they're out just of, almost right out of the gate and there's yeah, like they're... a tiny backside that's super steep and Dude. the same thing onto that road it's like a lot of backsides are super steep and it's like kind of hard to just point your bike into it and not like go over the bars or like miss it. Oh dude, Sun Sunday first round of practice. I there's that cheese wedge double at the top and I like look like Loic was like double doubling into the corner. I I just I, OJ'd that thing and I jumped into the next triple like no rear brake and just straight jumped over the bars off the berm into the catch net just yeet, like into the grandstands dude <laughs> like it would get away from you so fast you OJ that a little bit and it's like see ya <laughs> oh man yeah yeah those those uh those you think those look like little, these guys are so good. They make it look smooth, but those are like, that's a three foot drop. I mean, it's like, you know, it's just straight up drops that are doubling. It's pretty cool to see. What, uh, do you guys want to go into racing or I have a, I have a little list of random things from the weekend we can talk about. Should we do that before we dive into like actually just talking about how the race and how people finished and all that stuff? That seems cute. Yes. Yep. All right. Uh, Everyone knows how we get finished. Yeah, you know. Um, what do you guys think that new pivot team bus cost? Do you guys see that? That thing looked insane. It's Dude, like it was an pretty cool. Like school bus. It was a nice one too. Like Dude, it's super it wasn't nice. like some old clapped out bus. Like it was. It, mm-hmm. The thing looked brand new. Yeah, they they didn't have to cut any rust out of that. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 Mikey uh, Hatter program. No, yeah, uh, I was watching know, the how video. Much it impressive. <laughs> how much it cost was either if they built it themselves or they had somebody do it. They had somebody and do I, it. I saw the um, yeah. I turned on Bernard's um, his Bernard <laughs> his vlog or whatever. <laughs> like his last, lifestyle documentary. I was. Yeah, I was I was working and I was like saw the bus on there on like YouTube and I was like I'm just gonna put this on in the background mm-hmm. and there was like a fifty like a let's say like a thirty seventy split of like they did thirty percent seventy percent was done by someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, now I skipped but, that video. It was yeah. I was like geez, it was cool because I saw a post from the World Cup and I was like what the heck is that thing. And then I watched it and I was like, oh wow, they like went in and it's got like beds and washer and dryer and like a full yeah. cook setup and everything. But they um, definitely had yeah. the tallest pit in 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 the whole paddock. Like the pit was like twenty foot tall. I'm like, what are you guys doing with all this space? It's like six foot taller than the bus. You know, <laughs> like, a pit you know, pit flex is something people don't talk about, but that's a real thing. Like if you roll out of a pit that's just literally standing above everyone else's, like you're feeling good, you know. For any like American that ever wants to go to a World Cup and like just look at the pits, just go look at the Mondraker pit and you'll like be mind blown. Just like, a showroom. Pit is insane. Yeah. Yeah, it takes like fourteen only people to put it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole they have like an army that assembles yeah um all right we're going to the next thing um specialized dudes are in specialized gear and mm-hmm. i think crispy and finn are both in the helmet specialized helmet but loic's in a fox helmet which i just saw and i was seeing people speculate on why if he's like chasing money and just staying with fox no. or I don't. I think his helmet deal was contracted past what the specialized gear deal was. Like that's he had what I would guess. An individual helmet contract yeah. that he had to honor. See, all right. Dakota, I should know this answer, but I don't. But the, the yeah, specialized you, gear. You're the guy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, I would from, assume it's something like that too. Right? Yeah, from uh, from a past brand I was at, I forgot that Loic did very individual deals as opposed to team deals because he's yeah, because he was wearing that helmet on Fox. He was for a period of time. Past brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember uh, Loic got paid more money than I did to wear a helmet and goggles than I did to work a full time job. <laughs> And I was like, damn, I'm doing it wrong. Oh, yeah, you're looking you at your paint jack, you're looking at his. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was like, dang, don't even get me started on bonuses. Um, yeah. All right, what A else? A lot of risk to fall out of the desk chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Yeah, it's safer, safer behind the desk. Um, did, uh, here's one. Somebody... My girlfriend Lauren was asking me like why there's so many people at this race in France. And I was trying to explain how it's just like racing's bigger in France. But like, I mean, A, there's a shit ton of people there, which was rad. Like it looked bananas to race with just people the whole way down. But like, why is why is it so much bigger in France? Is it just because they've it's been big for so long and they have such good competition and like riders that come out, so they have like people to follow or like i don't know i think it's just that might be worth talking about cycling's bigger in france like cycling is huge and they have the tour it makes sense i'm 
it, it was like like practice practice on Saturday was bigger than most World Cup race days. Wow, that yeah. is crazy. Like there was people in the top rock garden Saturday practice before qualifying. Yeah, dude, I, I was watching um, Bernard's GoPro run from Sunday morning practice before racing, and he pulls over in that spot we were talking about the road gap and then the rock hucking off of it. And he pulls over in practice and you can't even hear him talking to like Connor Fioran or whoever he's talking to. Cause people are just like cheering for practice. It's like the craziest thing ever. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Um, well, I, yeah. I think all of Europe just cares about biking a lot more. Cause I remember the last time I was over there, we like went into a grocery store and I think it was like on like a poster in a grocery store, like a cardboard cutout. And it's like in America, you don't see that. It's like a football player, you know? I was like, wow, it's like different I did, over I here. Did get, <laughs> I did get gas at a shell and saw Jason Anderson above the pump the other day. Or the, uh, <laughs> the monster ads. They used ad. to have Sam, Sam Hill and the monster ads at like Circle K, I think. Oh, man. Uh, see, it's like, like we're trying. California. We're trying. They did yeah. great as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But, but I know like in Europe, it's all classified as sport. Like mm-hmm. cycling falls under sport. Like they say, yeah, how they, the government's like, we're supporting sport. And like in the US, it's like, yeah, you're a bike rider. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're not an athlete. It's, it's like, outdoor rack. Like cyclists are like considered an athlete, not like a separate away from athletes. They're like, yeah, bike rider. You're a professional mm-hmm. bike rider, not a professional athlete. Yeah. Well, and I think so a lot of like that, that context. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of that feeds into why they consistently have just such a solid crop of riders coming out that are really fast. I mean, I think on qualifying day, six of the top 10 elite men were all French, which is insane. And those dudes step it up when they race in France. I know. Like, yeah. It's scary to watch. Like, I mean, jumping ahead, like Tebow's run, like when, <laughs> when he was in the starting gate, I was like, damn, maybe maybe I just like don't watch this run. <laughs> and then halfway dude, down, he's like, for him. dude, he like went Peeled flying out. through the air and like got away clean, but ate it yeah. so hard and so spectacularly. But yeah, they for he sure bump it up. Tree so hard. Dude. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he always bumps it up a notch mm. no matter yeah. what. <laughs> it just seems yeah. like when like those dudes show up at a French race, it, the whole World Cup overall, maybe for Loic, it's a little different, but for like Amari in those, you know, it, it just even like Coulange, seems like those dudes, the whole like championship, the whole putting a World Cup overall together goes out the window and those dudes are like, I just want to win in France. And they <laughs> just absolutely send it. I mean, I appreciate it. It's a good show. I love know. watching it. <laughs> I mean, you got to race. I don't know. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, Loris crashed and then still, like, almost beat me. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you did. <laughs> he was pulling time back. And I was like, because I was like, I figured, you know, came down in 13th, had a pretty good one. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe a couple of these dudes will, like, make a mistake and I'll, you know, get in the top 10 or something. And, or, you know, not wanting anyone to crash. Obviously, that's not the goal. It's like, you know, this dude eats it. But I was like, maybe a flat tire. Maybe someone will make a little mistake. And I was like, maybe I'll get a top 10 here. And then I'm like, Loris, like, was sliding on the ground. I was like, oh. And then I was, like, watching his splits. I'm like, 
No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this dude's about to just absolutely nick me at the line, and he was laying on the ground. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> dude, I was looking at his sectors and splits, and he was like third and second at the first two. Then he crashes, and then he was fourth and 13th at the last two, which is I, – I mean, I don't know about dude. you guys, but anytime I've ever fallen in a race, I'm like, might as well pull over and – grab a beer here with a spectator there's no point in continuing on <laughs> like who the heck slides out and gets up and is like i'm gonna get top 15 right now <laughs> yeah. yeah cj was wow. like oh well well he he just he he wasn't on the ground for that long i was like but he was fully <laughs> off his bike on the ground <laughs> it, at least i think because he kept like uh, he didn't get tangled up, so he was able to pop mm. right up off his knee. So he got lucky that it like easily could have turned into one of those crashes where you're like, as you're going down, you're like, I can save this, and then your leg gets like stuck in the frame or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. high side and it's yeah. yeah, and he then, kept his hand then, on the clutch. Bummed, but yeah, he he, uh, <laughs> he had his he was able to spring up quick. So I guess the question is, how did he get over that road gap from where he started? Yeah. Dude, he didn't even pedal. He just like, does he have a motor in that thing? Dude? He just like stood up and rolled into that road gap. And I was like, yeah, what? dude, that thing's like, yeah. yeah how big like, you roll down first is. lap. Yeah. You like roll down first lap and double, like double take that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I told like my girlfriend Frida, she races. I mean, obviously probably most of the people listening to this probably know who she is. And I was like, yo, that thing's like got a knuckle on it. Like, don't, don't come up short. I was like nervous for, I like rolled in first after first practice, you know, like rolled in with my bag and I stopped by the pit. I'm like, are the ankles okay? <laughs> like that's a big in, like it's a big jump. Yeah. You had an interesting line right before that road gap, Dakota. Dude, I was inside. Is that, is that, that yeah, it looked good. I wasn't planning um, on being that inside. Like I was going to, I planned on like, Oh, my computer's melting down here. I <laughs> planned on like coming in, breaking a little extra and going inside and not hitting the berm. Cause the berm was pretty slippery. And then I was like lined up pretty inside and like had to hop the back of the other berm. And like, I, for a second there, I didn't know if I was going to stay on the track. I was like going into the trees and I was like, Oh, but I felt like Sam Hill, so it was pretty cool. I mean, maybe the fact I wasn't drifting, but I was out of the main line and in the inside. Yeah, it looked sick. Do you think if Cody you would have seen, inside guy. yeah, if you would have seen Loris's slide out marks, <laughs> that would have. I thought about that, like all the dudes that came on after him. Like you just see this massive drift, and you're like that split second. You're like, I wonder who that was. I wonder, like, am I going to start sliding? You know, <laughs> all those thoughts go yeah. through your head. <laughs> You definitely um, see that stuff too. Oh, for sure, right? There's like a rock slid out or or something like that. I mean, the last things I have, they had G. Atherton doing trackside interviews, which was dope. I thought G did a pretty sick job doing that. I don't really is, know his. Is he coming back? Yeah, like I, right? I don't pay attention too much on Instagram and stuff. But I mean, obviously, his last crash was pretty huge, and it seems like he's back, like living. You know, I don't know where he's at, like riding wise. Those are kind of two different things. I don't know. It didn't even look like it would have hurt. Uh, <laughs> I think he's still got a, like a ton of metal inside of him from that one. And he's like not, he, he may be back like spinning on a bike, but he's not back riding yet. Oh, crazy. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, how many yeah. left? Yeah. Dude, right. Into, into or two. some stuff too. Uh, yeah. On that yeah. note, can can we chat? Can we uh, sidetrack real quick? I uh, I went to Virgin for the first time last weekend, and I lit like you know how crazy Rampage looks on TV. It is so much dumber in real life. It's insane. Are we having one of these conversations that I went to Rampage and it actually is scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has it. And then like, I don't know. You, yeah, you have to go. Like if you're a mountain biker, you have to go. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. I would agree. <laughs> I could not believe it. Everything there is blind. Nobody tells you that you can't see the landing. You just see like blue sky <laughs> at the top of every jump. Yeah, <laughs> or like you see, like four hundred feet down to the bottom. It's yeah, so stupid. Exactly. You know what's funny is I was thinking about the one and only time I went to Lords before, like la- early last week, and uh, I feel like Lords is one of those tracks that looks so. It, to me, it looks kind Dude. of easy on camera. Like I know it's obviously gnarly and hard, but it, like we've already kind of covered the track. But I had that same thought where I was like, it doesn't really show never does on camera show how like technical and hard that place was. But then like, especially when it got wet, like Dakota and I chatted for a moment before this and I was like, I almost wish it would have rained for you guys. So it wasn't so fast and dangerous, but then when it's slippery, it's like borderline impossible. to ride. That's, so that's, that's make it down the hill. Yeah. yeah. I don't even that's understand what I to ask. So it didn't rain at all really. Right. Like it just had like the morning moisture. Yeah. And it was still, like that gully at the bottom was so slippery. Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah, did, that's you what didn't people don't touch notice. the brakes. You did not, dude. You did not touch the brakes. It was a no, no, no go. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to explain to someone that little like the hip step down and then the gully and then like that straight kind of into the left. Mm-hmm. There's like a like little goes over rock. those rocks. Like yeah, so it's like uh-huh. it's like looks like a little roller. But if you like touch your wheels over the top of that. Like your bike is off the track and your body's on the other side of the track. Yeah. Dude, if you've ever drove your car off the road in the snow and you like put the brakes on and you're like sliding into the ditch and like whatever (laughs) way the grade is, you're going. Like you got, you can let off the brake, turn, like you you lock the brake up. You're just going wherever it's taking you and that's what the goalie's (laughs) like. Like once, like once you're on an off camber and you hit the brakes, you're there's no steering like until you hit something you can bounce off of like it's like you're 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 going bowling and using the bumpers dude (laughs) it's slippery Uh, you guys know it's true dude. once you enter the gully you're just looking for something to bounce off of because you're not turning yeah (laughs) yeah i mean yeah the I was a solid uh, 103rd the one year I went, you know. It's good showing for old yeah. lords. I was, was, I'm was. i a solid 80th to 90th guy that yeah. season, so I was 82nd. So, well, I was like know. 133 plate last time we were there. I had to like, relearn everything. Yeah, so another side note, we decided to call this the Be Practice Podcast because outside of you, we all have kind of lived our lives racing World Cups and Be Practice – but the last time we were there in 2017, Tanner and I were in A practice, and you were in B practice. I remember, I remember just literally looking down at you and watching you get up early and stuff. You know, it was, <laughs> I mean, look at you now for sure. But it's B practice, loser. Yeah. I was one fun before the sun rises. First plate in, in B practice. I remember when I got my plate. You guys were like. 
oh, yeah, sick A practice, like 119 and 120. And I was like, the cutoff was 120, and I was 121. And I'm like, no. That anxiety is sitting in line waiting for your plate, wondering what what <laughs> practice you're going to be in is, is the worst. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> I, I do recall. Uh, all right, should we get into some racing? Yes. Cover some bike racing. Um, let's start with junior men and women. We'll kind of cruise over those two classes. I'll, uh, oh man, I haven't, my computer's running super slow because I haven't gone on this page in a minute. All right, start with the women real quick here. So we had a run of one through five. We had Gracie Hemstreet in first. Uh, is it Phoebe Go? Phoebe Go? Phoebe? That's Phoebe. junior. Junior girl? Yeah, yeah, we're doing junior. Yeah. Dude, you know Gracie Hemstreet went fast. She was well, like top mm-hmm. 10 in pro. Yeah. I, she was uh, sixth. I was doing some comparison. Hold on. Let me let me finish top five at least. Uh, that Isabella Yankovic was in third. Then, oh man, I'm going to botch these names. Maybe this is a bad idea for me. Vanessa. <laughs> Austin Hackett Club. Um, um there's your top three i mean honestly looking at i was doing some comparisons for qualifying as well as last year and that top three those three girls have kind of been the three girls last season and this season or last season qualifying and racing they've been kind of dicing it up um but what was crazy is gracie who won and qualifying like i doesn't look like she had a run that something happened but she was like she went 12 seconds faster in her race run than her qualifying run and was like a second off. I think she qualified third or something. She's like a second off of first. And then she comes down. Yeah. Like with a three thirty, six seconds up on second. And I believe it's her first world cup. She's won, um, which is pretty insane. Like, I don't know. Like you were saying, like what you, what you get in women six or something like that. Um, yeah. Sixth, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's nuts. Um, I mean, that's and then it looks like Phoebe Gale is close on speed there, but had a couple mistakes in the middle sector. So it could turn into some good, like some good competition and for sure some close racing there. Yeah, that was. Um, I mean, I think really that seems like between even like the junior and then like the elite women, the times are getting closer and closer each season, just from the years I've watched. And oh, it's way way closer. It's yeah, yeah it's good to see. Yeah, totally. It's rad. And I think I want to say those top three juniors, uh, women will all be like, it's their second year. So it'll be cool to have like another fresh crop of women to kind of like challenge the other chicks that have been kind of in it for a little bit. Um, so yeah. And then going to junior men, you had Jackson in first, uh, Oh, whoa, there's two brothers, the Remy, well, there's a there's Remy, is it Meyer Smith who was in second? He has an older brother, I think, he was in elite. So I saw him in like twentieth or something. And then Jordan Williams in third. Oh man, another Launchlin Stevens McNabb. And then Henry Kiefer. <laughs> That's a good name. Uh in fifth. But I mean, obviously the standout is Jackson going incredibly fast. I think he was uh eleventh. <laughs> Dakota was he in the eleventh? Yeah. He was eleventh yeah. elite. 
Um, yeah, but then I think, also the... I think he was the 11th. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, two fifty two five, Dakota. You were two fifty two nine. I mean, that—that's that, insane. He's tiny dude. too, still, isn't he? And and mm-hmm. to be fair, he did not. I, I mean, unless for some reason he had tacky dirt, which I don't think he did. Our track would have rolled faster, and our track was yeah. dry. His track definitely wasn't as dry. Do, dude, I'm sure it was, it was slippery like, in yeah. practice. I I mean, practice after they raced. It was slippery. He yeah. was absolutely ripping. Yeah. Well, there's always like that argument that's like the track's less beat up when juniors go in the morning. But to your point, like, sure, it could have been less worn in, but it probably was trickier, like, dirt to ride. Um, I mean, and, oh, like, abso- I watched his I, GoPro. Absolutely. And it's insane, you know? Yeah. The dude um, fully hit a the, tree in his yeah, run. The like, kid is in second. He, like, <laughs> I, I watched his run. really caught up on that point. Desk. Yeah, he he like put his hand or his handlebars like into a tree before the goalie section and like like it wasn't like it never happened. I, like I'm just blown away. <laughs> he dude. Like honestly, uh, right on, dude. Right on. He go him. Um That's awesome. That's cool to hear that side of things too, because you really don't get the junior perspective of it or you just don't hear usually like what conditions they were dealing with and stuff. So yeah, it's cool to get some perspective right? on how, how fast he was going. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, either way, same conditions or not, a 252 is crazy. Like he could come into next year, I feel like, being a contender for podiums and wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that kid who was in second, his time, I want to say, was in the top 20 is also. Top 20 also. Um, or at least top 25, which – it's crazy. I mean, I think it's been, I know every, every yeah. round of juniors, there's a couple that are definitely up there, but uh, I mean, Jackson especially is pretty exciting going into next year. Uh, give a shout out to Ryan Pinkerton in seventh fastest American. And then we had Colin McElia in 18th. So that's dope. Always love seeing some Groms making the journey. Um, jump over to women's anything else with juniors? Women, elite women. Nope. All right. So we yeah. had Cami Blanche in first, then followed by Miriam Nicole, Tony Seagrave, Valley Hall, and Marine Cabaroo for your top five elite women. Um, I think quick, I'll give you some, my quick notes real quick. Qualifying, both Valley and Miriam were uh, four seconds up on Tawny. And like, Cammy just didn't. I forget where where was Cammy actually have it up. I think she was back just a hair. Um, well, I mean they were all right there, but what was kind of crazy is like when it went to racing, she was one of the only ones that really went faster. Like both Miriam and and Valley both went slower just by a little bit. Um, I think Valley's time still was fastest women's time of the weekend, just by like a couple tenths, but. It was. Yeah, um, for, for her qualifying for, time, yeah, that is. Sense. Yeah. Um, but it was just kind of interesting that, I mean, from watching the race, like Valley definitely seemed to be riding at a pace that was safe. Cause I know she's, her whole like narrative the last season was just that she pushes too hard and crashes. Um, where like Miriam definitely had like a mistake in the middle of her run. So, um, but 
I don't know. I didn't really have like Cammy and my radar coming into this season. Uh, but then I was looking at results and she's, she won the first race yeah. last year. And then the year before that was when we had worlds first and she won that. So, I mean, she's, she's the Justin Barsha of downhill racing. <laughs> she's just winning the first round every year. Uh, but, How old uh, is she? What's that? How old is she? Um, actually, Cammy, I think she's in her she, early thirties. I thought I looked at She hasn't been her. racing for that long though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she's she still seems been, like, she like could... she's been kind of, I don't know. It's like my one note I have here is I hope when we get to Fort Bill, she has another good result because her last two seasons, she starts off with wins and then it's like, you know, top fives, top tens, and then like maybe another podium at the end of the season. So see if she's kind of like figured it out and keeps it more consistent this year. Yeah, that'd be cool. I I am stoked to see how much tighter the racing seems to be getting in the elite women's class. Yep. It's for sure. Yeah. It's There's, really cool. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It just makes it exciting every time to have, you know, five potential winners or something, you know, and that's kind of how the men's class is. And yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Cause I feel like the tracks right now are pretty tech and have line choice and to see in both classes, such tight times. Um, to me, it's just a sign of how much talent there is out there right now. And it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Yeah. I think like the women, I don't know. It just seems like everyone's riding style is like kind of caught up where it was like Tracy Mosley was like dominating for a long time. Cause she looked like she was the most comfortable. And then Rachel Atherton kind of did that. And now there's like oh, pretty much like, all the top 10 women like look super comfortable on the track and seem like they can push um, instead of just surviving. Like it used to be like five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm curious um, how many of these girls are running like a mullet setup or dual 29. I was watching one of like the Santa Cruz preseason videos. I know I'm pretty sure Nina Hoffman was running a mullet setup is what she had like settled on, which makes a lot of sense, you know, um, but yeah, I know it, it is interesting to think about. I think it's like anything, you know, as the years go on, just competition gets tougher. I mean, even thinking back five years ago, racing a world cup to now when there's top 60 men and, and how that competition is like advanced and gotten a lot tighter. It's the same thing with the women's, like there's just more girls going fast and more motivation to kind of keep pushing. Yeah. How'd, uh, how'd Frida feel about her race um, deck? Yeah, so the yeah. big thing with Frida coming into this season, she's got her bike set up a lot better than what she ever has in the past. You know, she has a team and support. and She's not running back to her hotel room in between runs to change tires if it starts raining, right? Um, so the bike's working pretty good, and we've kind of worked with her with a physio over the winter to try to get her shoulder a lot stronger from her surgery when she broke um, her broke her arm a couple of years ago. So she's strong enough to hit things now and now moving in the direction of trying to keep her going in a straight line down the racetrack and running over stuff and understanding what her bike's capable of rather than, uh, you know, just making multiple corners. So she qualified 11th and it looked like she is, was kind of just turning around the track, like missing a lot of stuff um, instead of just running it over. And then, you know, we kind of went over some helmet cams and stuff going into the race run. And uh, she was 
Uh, Elep had a mistake up top on the, in the first sector and was 11th and then pulled back time to eighth. And then she blew off the track and spiked her heart rate. And she was like back, I think ended up 14th, but she was still pretty happy with her run. Uh, just because like she felt like for the first time she had like gone for it rather than just kind of being scared and like riding cautious and nervous and tight. And she just felt like she felt like she could do good and wanted to push. So, um, not the result she was looking for, but good splits, um, and showed great potential, like taught kind of in her head, she believes she can, you know, run in the top 10 and, and be in the mix. So yeah, overall, a lot of things to take out of the weekend, not the result she was looking for, but, um, showed good speed. I think you guys can really relate too, because sometimes it's just, you need to see that number in a split. Like, yeah, okay. Maybe you didn't put it together, but when you, like, when we would see like top 20, top 30 splits, it's like, that's like, gives you confidence that you can really take away from a weekend. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not the results you were looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. So I can't sure. relate. <laughs> I've always joked. I always joked in the past and start putting splits on my resume. <laughs> or a sp uh, speed trap time. Dude, I was I've I've never been good at a speed trap. I think Rachel Atherton's beat me at like five or six speed traps. <laughs> I don't like going fast. <laughs> Speed trap's the only thing that I've had in like the top sixty, I think. Dang. Dude, I got I had a twenty second split one time. Man, I've been living off that one for a while. Jaybro had the top thirty. You know, you can never, that's never forget true. that. That's that's on my working resume. I tell everybody about that. Thirtieth <laughs> place, top thirty. What skills do you have pertaining to this job? I got a top thirty at a World Cup once. <laughs> yeah, sector four. Yeah, <laughs> sector four Andorra, twenty sixteen. Yeah, uh, I don't have a degree, but I got a top thirty. It's actually true. Um, <laughs> at least you guys aren't at sixty first right. in every single first split. <laughs> no, dude. Like, come on. Really spikes my heart rate when I'm watching it. You know? <laughs> that one hurt me back home uh, all right let's uh let's get into the elite men and make our way towards the end of this um i mean shoot we had amory in first finn second luke bruni third benoit kalanja's in fourth and luca in fifth i mean are we top 10 here we got danny hart in six reese wilson seventh uh, Lori Greenland in eighth, that Anton Vidal dude in ninth, and then Matt Walker in tenth. Going to that dude, that Anton, I think it's Vidal's his last name. That was crazy because he qualified really well, and they were talking about how like at French Cups he's usually in the mix, and then you know like he gets in his race run, and I'm like, oh, like you know, might just been kind of like a hype of a quality run. We'll see what he can do, and then like, dude, he put down a gnarly run to get tenth. I was like, you know, like you look at the numbers and everybody around him has basically top 10 number plates and he's a 64. I'm like, that's rad. You know, um, I think he, yeah, I think he races in obviously hard to do. Like I don't know. Really? Dang. Mm -hmm. And he was Dura, absolutely they just... <laughs> sending. <laughs> it's that French hype. It's exactly what it Boy. is. Um, Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit, where do you even start with elites? I mean, 
just starting with Amory's run. Um, I watched his run and his GoPro back today. And what I thought was real crazy is he kind of, when you exit that almost like mini motorway before like the kind of open off camber where Charlie fell, he like unclips and dabs a foot. And then on his GoPro, you can tell he like fully gets thrown off line and like in the broadcast, they don't capture it. But then he lost like a second and a half. Um, yeah. And then still pulled it all back, which, and, and for him, I would say this run isn't, wasn't as crazy as like his Leger run from a few years ago. Like it was fast and he was hauling, but he looked a lot more in control of what he was doing. And then him talking about like being sick leading up to the race and hurting like his ankle or his calf or something. I mean, it was a pretty, I, I kind of forget about him a little bit cause he's had kind of two off years and you know, he's pretty quiet on Instagram sometimes, which is how you stay up with people these days. And like, I don't know. I, I mean, you always expect him to be up there, but for him to kind of lay it into everybody uh, was super impressive. Yeah. I, my impression from watching his run was, I, so I watched the race after it had already happened and I know the results and I figured I'd be watching some like psychotic Omri run, but it, it wasn't that as much as I thought it would be. Um, and it seemed like he carried, you know, that insane speed he has and made it look a little smoother than normal. And I feel like if you're, I don't know, any of the competition, that's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, even in watching, I mean, Finn and Louie, because they were obviously one and two after qualifying, like watching Finn's run back. I mean, that's his best World Cup result with the second. It was a super good run, but he did have towards the bottom those like small little mistakes where it's like, it's just like, I mean, it's 0.8, right? It adds up. And I mean, even Loic, I don't know. Loic is so hard to judge. Like that dude is so smooth riding and like his bike doesn't move and his bike's so tiny. He looks like a freaking like <laughs> circus dude going down the hill. Like, looks like Croc yeah. from Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, like, right. Riding through the hills. <laughs> right? Like, you don't really, you don't, I mean, you expect him to be up there, but like, you know, you look at the times and really top 10, it's 4.4 between them. Dakota's right there, 5.2 back. But like, you know, it's so tight that, well, you know, re- really. Oh, wait, I'm, wait. I show you an 11. Is that not what it ended up being? Yeah, I got juniored. <laughs> uh, Technically wait, is that how that works? No, no, it doesn't. Okay. No. Hey, I was going to be like, did it, does Jackson it. take your points? <laughs> Respect. Dude, that's how it works at like uh, Continental Champs. Yeah. Yeah. You get your uh-huh. points taken if a junior, if you get juniored. <laughs> it sucks, dude. Yeah. Shoot, there's a lot of dudes here that got junior. Um, well, I'll give my kind of surprises from the like from racing. I kind of thought like Lori Greenland might be a little bit up there. Him like changing teams and all of that. I think like him and Reese Wilson both are kind of dudes that I feel like are like them finishing seventh and eighth is kind of where I expect them. But I also know that any race they could like win one. Um, and like Reese looks so good on a bike. Like I really like watching that. Yeah. Like he's got good style, but he's like hauling ass and it's a little bit loose. Um, I don't know. Is there anybody else that stood out to you guys that, Oh, Greg, I was kind of surprised to see Greg Menard back in 16th. 
Seemed like he was off yeah. all weekend. He kept, um, kept having Cade Edwards mechanical. in 13th. That's, oh, really? What it does sound like you couldn't you couldn't get away with mechanicals with that lift line. I could see that affecting your time heavily <laughs> for sure. And he's always a bit of a slower starter, I feel like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd agree. Yeah, usually the first round. Like, yeah, Kate any- Edwards in 13th is pretty gnarly. That too. Oh, go ahead, Dakota. Usually the first round of any series, Greg is usually, I mean, in touch, right? Like you'll see him be 33rd at the first round and then go win Fort William. <laughs> like if this is nothing, nothing new. <laughs> I mean, but that's, but that's like Greg will, he'll like win worlds. But then, I mean, I think a couple of rounds before that he had a, a top 30 or something. He had, but I know for a fact, like Greg, nearly every run, he was either, I think like he got a flat and had like some mechanical issues. And he really seemed to struggle the whole first day of practice, keeping his issues with the bike. And you guys know how that is. You may not get a flat for six months and you get three, three runs in a row. And it's just like the weirdest thing. But um, he, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what he had going on, but I think he struggled to get up to pace just because he had issues the whole first day. Um, and that was with with a lot of people. Like, and Win was almost only got two practice runs, and they let him go up for a third one. So, you know, you have d- dudes that don't have time training, and then I mean, obviously Greg did. But um, with that being said, Kate Edwards, debatably one of the best bike riders in the world, the most overall well talented all the way around. It's it's good to see him get a good result. Um, he was quite stoked on the hot seat. You know, it was a sweet result for him. Yeah, dude. There's honestly, it seems like, I mean, like you were saying with mechanicals and stuff and slow lift, it seems like it probably affected a lot of people because I'm looking at results and you see like Nico out of qualifying, uh, Magnus Manson out of qualifying, um, like Flo Payette. Um, there's yeah, a bunch of people, George Brannigan win Masters. Just like a lot of people didn't qualify that you're kind of used to seeing qualify. A lot um, of factory dudes didn't make like the that show. Could. And then even in the top 20, like you have, I mean, like Taylor Vernon in the top 20. Um, and then there's like Ugo, uh, Fricks Fricks or whatever. Fricks um, He up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. in 17th, which is sick because I feel like he's had – broken wrist for the last two years or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like there's kind of a mix of people Mm -hmm. you didn't really see up there uh dakota do you know how aaron felt dude uh yeah aaron aaron uh i followed him the second run of the day and he dropped me like i had never rode a bike before like it was it was crazy. He was going so fast. And I know he, he was pretty nervous for qualifying. Cause he's like, dude, I'm not used to being the, in this situation of like not being protected. So he, I think he, he yeah. made a pretty big mistake about halfway down. And then he was like, Oh man, like, let's just get this, let's just get this thing in the show and then go racing tomorrow. And then he was ripping in practice again and then had that massive crash and dude, I don't know how he even yeah. walked away with from that one little alone lined it up to race, you know. So um I think he was pretty sore. Pretty and it's hard to like feel good and ride loose and flow when you're when you have a big slam like that. Oh. I mean the dude literally 
bounced mm-hmm. down a cheese grater. <laughs> I mean, it was it was yeah. heavy. Yeah. It was a bad bounce he took. And like where he crashed, dude, mm-hmm. was like spikes. It was not not good, not good there. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he Man. just like kind of he he was sore and rode tight, and uh, I think he wanted a lot more than that. But uh, I know like he could like when he was warming up, he could barely even do a push up. Like his hand was pretty pretty messed oh. up. So. Um, yeah, just hard to race in those circumstances. And I, you know, he missed the last few races of last year. The dude hasn't raced in a while. So, and there was, you know, I, 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 it's, it's a tough thing for me. Cause I like, you know, I'm, I'm watching the dude ride and he's absolutely flying. Like he is going so fast. Like when we were riding in Portugal, like it was everything I could do to stay with the dude. And then, um, I just think he, you know, has to get back in the racing groove. And I think over the next couple of weeks, he'll be a player. He'll get in the groove and be a player for Fort William. Yeah. He looks comfortable on the bike. And like, I don't know. It's yeah. like everything's kind of working out with the changes on the team. Yeah. And he seems super happy. Too. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, what were you saying, Austin? Yeah. He looked really fast in some of the vital raw stuff too. Like, um, you know, compared, I think there's one clip where he like compared to like Omri and he like kind of looked faster and smoother. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I hope he gets back up there. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. That, I'm I mean, sure. that was brutal. Like the, the bounce off his chest he took was just, ugh. Dude, no he thanks. was every all all of him was beat up. Like he came back to the pit battered, like oh. all four corners we're we're smashed in on, on that job and uh same with dude same with seth the, you know seth blew a handoff seth sherlock blew a handoff <laughs> dude he came back to the pit from qualifying like jersey ripped off of him like he was like throwing stuff. like not throwing stuff but he's like dude i, I can't believe it but my hand came up <laughs> He was beat up, man. It was, it was, he had a rough go. I'm like, like he crashed, like you know, in the last corner. I'm like, man, like I felt so bad for him, and he was on a heater of a run. He was gonna qualify too, and I'm like, ah, look at- golly, boy. No, that's the worst. <laughs> There's oh nothing worse. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I got Poor two guy. more notes here. Um, just on, on Tebow and Martin Mays, because, I mean, Tebow obviously crashed, but he was fifth and eighth at the first two splits before he did, which, I mean, I think obviously we know he should be up there and he will be, but definitely showing, like, his speed is there for the year. And then, I mean, Martin Mays kind of always impresses me every time he shows up at a World Cup because he kind of shows up and, like, he's just like, yeah, I thought I'd race a downhill race this weekend. <laughs> Why not, you Dude. know? And then... Looking at uh, he he like he kind of just rode off like the track in that first rock garden, but then the last three sectors he was fifteenth, ninth, and seventh, which is like again going back to the like how do you get up and just like keep pushing on? But um, I mean that's Dude. pretty impressive to me. I didn't really read into too much of like the bike he was on, but I mean it was just a adjusted enduro bike. So Dude, yeah, that thing looked like it was not working. Like he, he was looked, not on a downhill bike. <laughs> no, he had a shorty on the front. Like the rear end looks so short. 
Oh my, what? You got a freaking two yeah, short on front? Damn. <laughs> bro, he had a short yeah, on, two on, short the, on the front all weekend. I was like looking at him like, bro. <laughs> yeah, his rear end looked so short that like the bike was not working. Like it didn't have enough of a lever to even like make the suspension work. <laughs> and like, if you just watch it, like he literally, his bike just took his bike went off track he didn't go off track like yeah, yeah. his bike took him off track same thing with connor on top dude. Of like, his rear axle. Would, dude connor would hit a hole and his bike was like yep see ya like connor was absolutely <laughs> ripping on a 150 travel bike 150 a 155 oh. travel from what i read on the internet yeah, dude, he was on a literally oh on an enduro God. bike in the top thirty, and was absolutely that's not even an enduro bike. Yeah, that's like... yeah trail bike. Wow. That's, uh... Yeah, that's a trail bike at that point. On flat. Uh... <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> that's crazy. On the pegs, uh... dude. <laughs> Oh my god, that's really intense. Might as well just have hundred right, dollars um, at that point. <laughs> Much respect. <laughs> yeah, right. Just uh, throw some pegs on it. You hey, know. let's. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that uh, that Corey Martinez <laughs> Corey Martinez video today. Jeez. <laughs> the only thing he was missing that's was terrible. pegs on his Lebo style. That was tight. <laughs> oh, what do you want to touch on, Dakota? Dude. Amari, uh, literally, you said he like dabbed a foot. That like that, I buried the bike in that berm the last run of practice, and I was like, "Oh man, this thing's gonna be gone." And and you've seen a lot of the top dudes turn in. You've seen uh, um, Raj uh, Reese Wilson. He went full inside in that open section, like a line that nobody did. That was like honestly super super impressive but uh amari fully like it looked to me from watching his gopro run he didn't dab a foot like he fully put the bike in that tree and then just kept going Dude. like slammed the bottom bracket into that tree and just kept going like it wasn't gonna... even a thing yeah yeah he dropped a knee like, when 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 I watched that, that yeah, that was yeah, not like, like that was not like dab a foot. Like that dude was like fully had a had a big mistake and still won the race. And I think so. Yeah, obviously some of that is because the dude's so strong. Like when you look at him, he's he's clearly clearly a very strong individual. But um, you know, I watched his GoPro run and it was it was like you know typical um like the dude is on the edge, but just the intensity throughout his whole run is I think like what you're seeing that he's, you know, had lately that he hasn't had in, in the past couple of years is the confidence, you know, like he slammed it in there and didn't think twice. He's not second guessing anything he's doing. He's like fully committed. And that's like what you're seeing is the difference. You know, you guys touched on like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, he looks like more in control, but, um, he's just has so much intensity um he's fully committed he's not second guessing anything and and like he was pedaling in in places i don't think a lot of dudes were and just coming with overall like force which is which is a whole different mm -hmm. you know riding style from that we see from that dude compared to like loik but um it, it's good to see him have that confidence mm -hmm. again this year yeah, yeah, he looks more comfortable on that new bike than he was 
I don't know if he was running a mullet setup on the old bike last year or whatever he was running last year. He looks a lot more comfortable this year on his custom thing with the like crazy box idler thing on it. <laughs> the question yeah, mark bike. That, no one knows it's inside. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I think they're yeah, just was, trying to um, like block people from being being able to like take a side profile of it, like and see really what they're doing yet is like because it's not in production so i think they just have that big spacer in there so you can't like see the pivot points hmm. interesting like it's, i think his is the only one that has the idler like blocked out like that the other ones that they re- they showed like all mm-hmm. the teams and you can see the idler on all of the other teams bikes but just not on his. Dude, there's like there's like 26 common saw bikes out on track. <laughs> I was watching our G out project, and there was like a, they're all different. There was like a 2018 common saw in there, and I was like, dude, fuck yeah, respect it. Who was who was on that 26 inch track? What dude that, dude? that guy shows up to like two World Cups a year. I swear, there's always a picture of him on that track. I'm gonna. How did I miss? I swear it? he's. Did he qualify? We need him to qualify. <laughs> no. no, you just basically got to look for like someone that's really far down on the list. <laughs> it's probably him. You know how you know how there's a few dudes in in Supercross right now that are trying to like qualify on one twenty five two strokes in a two fifty class. Mm-hmm. We need to do that in bikes. We need to go out there on like a two thousand eight Sunday or something and try to qualify. Dude, I still got the hood bike. There we go. Yeah, up on the spray paint rig. <laughs> Do it and you're cool. <laughs> Port <laughs> Angeles is cool. about a month away. Reigning Port Angeles champ. <laughs> um, uh, I'll give a shout out to uh, Dante, Americano friend in 43rd, which I feel like if this was last year, I'd be like super hyped for Dante and I'm still stoked that he's up there, but I feel like even he expects himself to be a little bit higher. Um, but then like Austin Dooley's in 54th, which again, it's rad to just have other dudes that are slowly like climbing their way up consistently. I thought he got 42nd. Oh, sorry. I'm unqualifying. Yeah. Yeah. He got 42nd. Uh, Dante 45th. There we go. Oh yeah, Charlie right. Harrison. Sadly, he had the crash, right? Mm-hmm. So fifty-eight, yeah. Forty-second. Yeah, those guys are killing. Forty-fifth, Dante. Yeah, good start to the season. Solid qualification. Good, you know, solid yeah. finish. I bet they build off that pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're just like in the mix, you know. Like there's nothing worse, especially when it's one World Cup that's a outlier before all the rest that are more consistently back to back going all the way there for one race to just like not have it happen. Um, and then you're just yeah, thinking yeah. about that until Fort Bill. Um, so yeah. Well, Dewey's, well, Dewey's been pretty of... consistent. Sorry, I got a lag. Dude, both it of takes them me happen. forever for me to come through. No, you're, um, Dewey, Dewey's you're been all... super consistent all preseason. Like he's consistently mm-hmm. been like right there. So, I mean, it, it's pretty, dang cool to see him you know constantly putting it together like that like running at a consistent race speed and uh i think that's like one of the big things we can all agree is like that's where you build into the top 20s and you start getting team finishes is just um 
having those consistent, you know, like, okay, I'm here. And, and you're going to see like both of those two boys, um, him and Dante both have been so consistent that at some point in time, they're going to have like some standout finishes and start to believe that they're in the mix. And and then we're going to see them do cool things. I really feel. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, and it's, it always goes back to that. Once you get a few seasons in and you've done the whole, world cup weekend which is a lot you know in a few days to take on and then you're going back to tracks that you've already been to before like all of that keeps building and i mean even i mean i grew up around dante a lot more than i did austin but just watching the austin's riding he's progressed a ton like i noticed that with like the early season races you're talking about like the dude just looks super solid on his bike right now which is dope Mm -hmm. so um let's uh wrap this thing up and jump into fort william is next may 21st 22nd haven't been there in two years due to covid um i have a link for the results not pulled up in front of me but what's uh i actually have never been there you guys have all been there what's like the fort william take (laughs) are you stoked to go race there dakota (laughs) Um, I'm going to be more excited to big, go race there bike. on my, my new bike for sure. Um, with a, I think that bike will like newer than what you were on this weekend? well there. Uh, no, that, no, this, this bike that I'm currently on, I think will be pretty awesome there. Uh, yeah, man, always excited to go back to Sorry. Fort William. Um, it's kind of a classic if you will, but I'm interested to see what, uh, what they have in, in store. I think I'm a fitter rider, so I think I can, I can do well there just because I, you know, do, do a lot of training and I mean, all these guys do right. But, um, you know, you got to have confidence in what you're doing. So yeah, super pumped places, uh, really rough and it's a long track and like, yeah, it's really hard to keep your, your brain focused for, you know, the whole thing, just cause it feels like you're up there for forever before you even walk it drop into the woods. So uh yeah should be exciting mm-hmm. hell yeah um yeah you uh i'm excited, excited for the uh the midges, yeah, the, midges. <laughs> the midges no man i'm not gonna show up to the track until <laughs> after the midges are gone <laughs> not not too excited about the midges or the it's just people don't understand yeah, that place, uh, man it's like that place is a journey you show up you're like tired you got to drive three hours there on the wrong side of the road in the wrong no you're on the right side of the car but the wrong side of the road and it's like there's semis are trying to kill you the whole way you get there you're trying to get eaten by bugs like it's a traffic jam to leave the track every the road's day about takes... big enough for two carriages dude it's like Oh man! But uh, and then you got to learn a new dialect of English. <laughs> the track like, walks you know three hours, and you're like, "Wait, nope." <laughs> <laughs> and then you take your goggles off in the woods, and you've got flies in your eyes. <laughs> hey, usually, either you're gonna go mud bogging, or you're gonna ride down a slippery rock road that they've created every year. You're like, "Oh, what do they got for us this year?" Oh man. Yeah, it's Do you do you think yeah. um do you think Connor Fearon's uh trail bike 
will do well there or if it's going to steer him off track. Dude, I'm hoping because Connor it's Fearon. like the top part is like it's pretty flat the top, and but it's like rough still. Like it's somehow like you're going super fast. You're like not losing any elevation. Somehow going super fast, and it's insanely rough. I don't think it's that you're going that fast. So, I think it's that all no. the turns are super tight. Like you're just like. Turn, and it's like the track is three foot wide and it's trying to throw you off of it into a pond the whole time. Like Max Morgan, I cast I crossed the cattle gate and he like comes out of a swamp with goldfish swimming in his goggles. He's like, dude, I went off track. He's soaking wet. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> that's dude that's fort william like you're you're i hear really you're like the wind is trying to blow you off the track it's like dude i i you're Connor really Fieron, i'm place. hoping yeah yeah <laughs> dude it's something i hope Connor Fieron has a downhill bike by fort william i really do like that dude is so sick i just want to watch him ride and shred because mm-hmm. like it definitely seemed like he was limited on what he could do last weekend. And the dude is sick. He's a good bike rider. <laughs> just get, uh, get Jeff to slap him a bike together real quick. You know, just weld up one. <laughs> Yo, Jeff. <laughs> Yo, Jefe, flip this bitch up. Miko might have a couple extra frames. Yeah. yeah that too. I'm sure he's got a couple laying around. Uh, I actually just ordered Colin. a big welder. I'm going to start building bikes too. <laughs> Uh, i heard it's i'm gonna put three high pivots on it they're gonna be they're gonna be mounted in my dropper so when i raise my dropper my pivot gets even higher Uh, (laughs) engineering yeah i heard that's what you have to have the internet told me you have to have a high pivot now so how about um how about everyone's kits looking the same? Like everyone got the same color palette from the Pantone 2022. I see that I, note here. Anyone listen? If you've made it this far in the podcast, go and search Pantone of the Year 2022. It is literally the kits and the whole podium is the same colors because of this 2022 Pantone color of the year. No, I think it was because of the Fox Forks. <laughs> no, Dude, go look at the Pantone of the Year. I'm telling you, I'm doing it right now. I mean, honestly, why this is this is something I saw somebody comment this, and they're like, "Hey, Fox, can we just make the '40s black again? We all know they're '40s from the fast past five years. They've been orange, and I'm like, you know, I feel that. Oh, it's like a blue raspberry blueberry color. Yeah, and then if you go for like the color palette, because they have to be like a whole color palette for Pantone of the Year. It's like the pink is on there. What? Um, How did you know that, like, purplish color? It's a uh, it's some some design stuff. <laughs> Don't worry. You would understand. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask the questions. Probably know this stuff. Yeah, that. Uh, oh, I mean, man. I'm still of the opinion that just bike gear in general looks pretty stupid. But unpopular opinion. Let's keep dressing like. I just like yeah. Rangers. I don't get why I like Dakota's gear with the sleeve looked really good actually. It did. Like I actually really liked it. It's because we love it. Thanks, you. man. We didn't want, it went well with the sleeve with the old stars and stripes. 
We just, you Apparently know, we, nothing, nothing was too loud oh, yeah. kit this year, this week, but I, who knows what we'll have in store I've never next. I've never understood the loud kits. Like, why do you have to put on a super loud kit to ride your bike down a hill? Or like the moto paid. days of super loud kits? Like, ugh, why? I don't think a lot of these dudes are making these decisions. <laughs> to be fair. Did you choose yeah. to wear did you choose to wear pink goggles this race? I'm watching your run right now. Uh yep, I did. Um oh, that was my, part of in my oh. Yeah. Sorry, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um yep, pink goggles. I'll probably run them most of the year. Um and then a pink pink uh my my name will be pink on my jersey as well. For but most but what of was year. that for? Um, my grandma, uh, late last season or late last season, um, got diagnosed with cancer again. Uh, so she's, uh, this was the third known survivor of, uh, pancreatic cancer and she survived breast cancer twice already. So this is the third time and, um, it's pretty aggressive. So yeah, just, uh, wanted to do something special for her that would kind of get her excited, you know, going into the first race, you know, we, we do a lot of training and you kind of got to be on your game. So I wasn't able to kind of go home and spend a lot of time with my family like I'd like to. So I just wanted to do something to make her smile. And that's why I was pretty pumped up. Like I didn't show her my Jersey until, um, like I didn't send any photos of like the breast cancer, uh, logo on my jersey at all or i was actually going to run pink gloves too but they were a bit loose um so i ran black gloves this weekend but i was pumped at the bottom just because i wanted her to be able to see it on tv and and i put down a good run and was able to go into the hot seat and uh so i was pretty excited she was able to see it that way i thought it was a lot cooler so that's why you know i wasn't so pumped up about my run i was just when i came over the last drop and i seen green all green splits and then turned around and you know, obviously you can see you're coming out at eye level with the, with the, uh, finish, you know, arch. And then, uh, when I turned around and was green, I was so pumped. Um, just cause I wanted a bird to be able to see it on the TV, um, as a surprise oh, yeah. at home. So I was pretty excited about that. Yeah. That's special. That's cool. Yeah, man. That's sick. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool stuff, man. The cool things that I get to do because of my job, it makes it pretty dang awesome. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, sorry to hear about the cancer. That's, that's awful. And, no Hope man yeah thanks man appreciate it you know all we can do oh, she's 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 been fighting she'll keep fighting so good to hear thank you well dudes shall we close this thing out one yes one one last quick maybe game i suggest we play <laughs> we should uh <laughs> let's make uh predictions for the top three in the overall and stamp it i'll write it down and we'll come back to it at the end and winner gets i don't know should we put some steaks on it like steak dinner top three in the overall (laughs) and closest one wins all right i'll do loic amory loris okay um tanner you're up i'm writing these down i'm gonna go um, man, I'm gonna go Loic, and then Reese Wilson, and then Amory in third. Um, you can say yourself. Please say yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, that's pretty. That's pretty lame. I mean, if I was, if I was just top ten in the overall <laughs> one of these years, I'd be pretty stoked. Um, 
I'm gonna go Loris because I mean he uh I think he's pretty probably pretty fired up from last year. Um Loic, he's he's Mr. Consistent and I think Amari will have some fire. I think he'll be uh I think think he's gonna have a good year. So I'm gonna go with the the French boys in that order. <laughs> which in which order will we put the French boys? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I feel pretty confident um, saying whoever wins the overall will be French. So, yeah. Although, Danny Wait, sorry, Hart Jack. What was, what was your pick again? It was Loris. Me, Loris, Amari. Like, Amari. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going with uh, Amari first. Uh, I think. Yeah, I have to do Loris second and after his run with the crash. And I think, I don't know, I thought Omri looked too good not to win it this year. And then Loris and then like, it's so boring. Just like so, it's yeah. so French, but it I don't know how to like bet against it, you know? We should guess who's going to finish like eighth in the overall. A wild card? A wild I'm card. Gonna, I'm going to go with Dakota for that yeah, one. That, yeah. Ooh, I almost got it last year and then I... Heard. I was <laughs> oh. <laughs> little snake. Yeah. Not the snake. <laughs> and back to nineteen. I, I, I think I think Dakota's gonna be top ten. I I mean it's a good I way to start so, the year. You you've got two weeks on the bike, so <laughs> staggering thirty runs yeah. going into yeah. the first round. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I think, man, I think from here. the last few years I've had a bunch of like mistakes, you know, I've like, I got COVID last year. It wasn't really a mistake, mm-hmm. but I, I had a flat and, you know, it's like, seems like every year, if you were to plug in like 15th place for, if I either had a catastrophe or missed a race and that would have put me like in the top 10 every year. So just trying to be consistent, man. That's the only thing I'm after really right now. If I if I feel like I can go for it, I will. But other than that, I just want to try to consi- consistently ride composed and and uh, be in the mix. You know, think on any good day, if you have one of these runs, you don't make a mistake. You could be on the podium. Obviously, this weekend, some of these dudes were like on another level of sending it. It seemed like, but maybe that's just what it'll be like all year. I don't know. Keep trying to plug away, man. Do our homework. Hell yeah. We're rooting for you. Stoked for Fort Wellington. Eighth what place. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> oh, boys. All right. Cool. Let's, uh, let's sign this off. Thank you, dudes, for coming on and chatting. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yep. Thanks, thanks for having guys. us. All right. Deuces. But then, but then now it'll stop. Later, nerds. (laughs) Stop. Over and out from B practice.